everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap. A podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. But today, before we get started, I have to introduce to you guys the new presenting sponsor of ONTAP Sportsnet podcast and Huskies on Tap. Today, I'm proud to announce that ONTAP Sportsnet has partnered with Manscaped. So Manscaped is the one-stop shop for all your manscaping needs. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin-safe technology so you don't nick, chip, or cut those sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and ball deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. Ethan, we got a game this week. It's a trophy game. The guys are playing for the stock. They're traveling to to Muncie, Indiana to go play Ball State. How are you feeling? We got a sponsor. We're more official now, and we're getting ready for some more Wednesday night action. Yeah, obviously, NIU starting off 0-2 is not the way we wanted to, not the way we expected it, but I think we've talked about it these last two weeks. There's a lot to build on with these last two games, and it really boils down to going 1-0 each week with this football team, and really, this is a good team to get that start against. It's a team that came to DeKalb last year. They beat us on our turf, and now we get that opportunity to travel, like you said, to Muncie, and Ball State's a really good football team, so this is a big opportunity for NIU this week, and it's another Wednesday night matching game, like you said. Hey, I think the sponsor is huge too. Manscaped is uh it's a huge company that has been taking over the uh the podcast industry. I know, you know, you and I listen to several and I think they're out there pretty huge now. So I mean I was able to to open up the box here and looks pretty cool. I'm excited for uh for you to get home and for you to start talking about the products and stuff like that. Hey, bro, we're sharing that thing. I know. Well, we're not going to share the products no, that come no, in it, but I we can know, we can no, split it. We can split it. We should be sharing that, brother. <laughs> we can, but, sp- yeah, maybe we can split it down the middle and you can get half the product. I can get half the product and then we'll go from there. But yeah, I mean, for us, it's something I've always that- wanted to tone my balls up. So <laughs> I I'm still trying to figure out what some of the products are, but definitely can't wait to get home. Check that box out. I'm sure there's there's other good stuff in there, uh, razors and stuff for, for some of the guys with the big beards and all that stuff. So it's just uh, general male hygiene care, and, and we're happy to have them on board as our presenting sponsor. But like you said, I mean, Ball State game last year, big game last year, big game this year. It's a big game every year, and, and, and Coach Hammock talked about it in the press conference. It's a trophy game. Anytime you have a trophy game, especially in the current spot that we're in in our season, it only makes you want to win that game that much more. So for those of you that don't know, Ball State and, and Northern Illinois have this trophy that is is somewhat in, uh, I guess you would say it's just like a cornstalk. And that's the trophy that they play for. Uh, NIU is 10-2 and two in the 12 bronze stock games with one of the losses coming last year. Obviously, they blew the lead late in the second half and weren't able to capitalize and, and come away with that win. But right now, it's, it's really like gut check time for this NIU team. Ross Bowers, uh, I saw the depth chart this week. Ross Bowers is still listed as the starting quarterback. So our guy Ross gets an opportunity to go out there and prove why the job belongs to him. Uh, he's He's got to do it. I mean, if, if he doesn't have a quality game this week, there there's not much more Coach Hammock or anybody else can do to give him the job. He, you know, we've seen Andrew hate it and Rodney Thompson come in and mop up duty and play very well. Uh, they obviously haven't seen the same amount of pass attempts as Ross or or even the same, you know, kind of play calls. But at a certain point, 
you have to make the switch if this game doesn't go well. And, and I think for Ross's case, it could. Ball State has given up over 30 points in their first two games, and they honestly haven't played very clean football. They're one and one coming into this matchup. So I'd be interested to see if Ross can put together a nice little, you know, maybe two or 300 yard game with a couple touchdowns to complement no turnovers. I agree 100%. I think this is just the same thing we saw with the Bears earlier in the season with Mitch Trubisky. You know, the guy wasn't getting things done. And at this point, football is a business. I think we know that. I think our listeners know that. And I think everyone that is involved with this team knows that if, if things aren't going well, you got to change things up and, and figure out a different way to to win football games. We're seeing that with the Bears right now. Obviously, Matt Nagy's not calling plays tonight. Different scenario, but regardless, you know things got to change to get things done. And I think this is a defense that NIU can beat. Like you said, Miami of Ohio put up 38, and Eastern Michigan put up 31 against them. So over 60 points in two games. I, I do think that this NIU offense, if it gets going and they can click early, I do think that this could be a successful day for this offense. With that being said, I mean, the offense just kind of had an off week last week. We saw what they were able to do against Buffalo, and the Buffalo defense is one of the best in the MAC. This is a defense that's going to – they're going to give up points. They're averaging giving up we're – no we're not math guys. We know this, but I believe it's around five touchdowns a game. If they've given up 69 in their two matchups, they're giving up 34-5. So that's about five touchdowns. So there's definitely an opportunity for guys like Tyrese Ritchie, guys like Cole Tucker and Trayvon Rudolph to get into space. And then, too, like Coach Hammock talked about a lot in the press conference how we really weren't able to get the run game going. And that was a little eye-opening because – the pass pro was perfect last week. They only gave up one sack. So for them to go up against that Central Michigan team, which we know had five sacks in week one, and only to allow one sack is definitely a great performance in the pass pro. But in the run pro, we were only at, or in the run protection, we were only allowing our backs to get maybe three, two and a half, three yards a pop. So we need to be able to control the line of scrimmage. Because, Ethan, like you said last week, guys like Harrison Whaley, guys like Rondarius Gregory, and guys like Aaron Collins, they have all run the football very hard. I know they haven't always had the space or the yardage in front of them or something to be able to make something happen with, but those guys run to the whistle, and they're like they're like little bowling balls out there. But, yeah, those running backs, just the way and the power – or the way they run and with the power that they run, we need to just open up a little bit more from the front side – and control that line of scrimmage and, and let those backs get to the second and third level and make a couple guys miss. I agree. I agree. I think going back to what you said with the pass game earlier too, and on top of that, Ball State gave up two hundred or gives up two hundred and sixty nine through the air and one eighty and a half on the ground. Like this truly could be the day that NIU's offense finds that mix and finds that balance of run attack and pass attack. And I really think that just this game in general means so much more to NIU. We talked about this, I think, on the post game. We talked about how these six games are doubled, right? They're a 12 game season reduced to a six game. You're already at 0 and 4 if that's the case. Like, you need to get a win. You need to go on the road and you need to beat a team. And I think this team is hungry for that win. I truly do think that this will be the week that we find that mix with Ross Bowers being able to use his arm and find his guys down the field and Cole Tucker and then the run game. Like we said, each week, has just been there. And there are several names in that room that will make plays out of the backfield. Yeah, I'd also like to see Daniel Crawford get involved in the offense in some capacity this week. That's a guy, 6'2", 250, can make you know make people miss in space and, and someone that we've seen very successful over his time here in, in DeKalb as a Husky. And 
you know, one bad week should not define this offense. They have an opportunity on Wednesday to go out to prove all the people wrong that are kind of feeling that the offense is the problem. And too, like like we said at the end of the episode on, on Wednesday last week, I mean, again, you got to remember, 18 to 22-year-old kids, Ross wants to win football games and be successful. It's not like he's out there throwing the game. Uh, this is someone that we've had on this show, someone that we like to consider a personal friend. So we feel that in a similar situation like Ethan talked about with the Bears earlier in the season, I mean, you got to rally behind your guys. And Coach Hammock preaches this every week. He, the best players will play. And when Coach Hammock feels that Ross is not the best player at quarterback, then he will make the switch. But like I alluded to in the press conference, they had not made a switch. And then they they released the death chart. We got the game notes for this week, and Ross is the starting quarterback. So, I mean, at this point, in Ross, we trust 12 is our guy until proven otherwise. Let's go out there and have a day on Wednesday, my guy, Ross. I don't know if you're listening, but if, if you get to this point, we believe in you. We need a dub from you on Wednesday, big boy. I think the whole team just has to rally around that, too. And I don't think there's really any sense of lost hope in that locker room. I think that Coach Hammock is a guy who will keep his team in high spirits no matter what the situation is. And I, I think that this team knows, like we said, how much prom or how much potential they have and they can get there. I really do think that they can get there. A lot of people are saying how young the team is. Yeah, obviously it's a young football team, but at the same time, like you got to look forward to what is to come from this. Obviously it's not the year we expected. We didn't want to play six games. We wanted a full season, but this is what we got. And I think that right now you're looking at a perfect opportunity to build this football team and make sure that it's even better so that when we do get back to a full 12-game season next fall, this team's going to be even more dangerous. And and honestly, too, like that's the best way to put it, Ethan. Honestly, if you look at it like this, and I know they're not looking at it because they want to win the MAC, but the players, for the most part, with the exception of, of some guys like Kyle Pugh and, and Ross Bowers, who are later on the spectrum, fifth and sixth-year seniors, will probably use that year of eligibility. I mean, we've talked about how, you know, NIU, although we do have, you know, maybe a handful or a couple guys go to the NFL every year, it's not like we're Alabama or LSU where it's eight to 10 guys every year. So those guys are going to be able to use another year to grow and to develop. And Coach Hammock, again, the recruiting, the ability to get these players. Like, remember when we had him on the show and he talked about how the players are a lot older on October 1st and by November 1st, they're going to be basically another year older in my book. This team, as the season continues to progress, we will continue to see a better product on the field. Last week, I'm going to go out and say it. That's our outlier game. I don't see any other game on this schedule that they're going to go out and definitively get blown out in. I mean, we talk about the Buffalo game. That was stuff that was really out of their control. I mean, three three turnovers and ended up being touchdowns. You can't really do anything about it. But we flat out lost last week, and it was because the offense couldn't move the ball. And the defense has nothing to hang their hat on. So that's the thing that I really want them to build on this going into this week. Like, let's play lunch pail, blue-collar football. We know the defense is going to do their job. Let's compliment them with some good returns like we had in week one from, from Trayvon Rudolph and that kickoff return team that was laying blocks and, and just – taking care of business. We need to make sure we win the field position battle. We need to hold on to the football. Ball security is of the utmost importance this week. And then two, not only do we need to be able to move the ball just to keep our defense off the field, let's cap off drives. And unless it's a super do or die situation, let's go out there and trust John Richardson. The guy was hitting 60 yarders in practice. I know 
we're not trying to get field goals. We want touchdowns. But in a game where Ball State will probably score anywhere from 28 to 42 points, depending on how it goes, you need points on almost every drive. I'm glad you bring up Trayvon Rudolph because for the last two weeks, I've tweeted about his speed on kickoff return. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to call a kickoff return this week. I think he's going to finally get one to the house. It's against Ball State in their, in their house. I think he's going to be able to uh, get a kickoff return this week. That man, he's explosive. Just being able to watch him burst as soon as he gets that ball in his hands, I mean, it's crazy. And I think you're finally going to see it all pay off this week. And I think Trayvon Rudolph is finally going to get his return and take it to the house against Ball State. I love it. We're not even at predictions yet. And Ethan's got the hot takes and, and I will make sure to try and find a way to include that in the tweet. I know Trayvon, even though he's a, he's a young cat, he just got to campus. I know I, he may not listen to the show, but he definitely tunes into what we do. So shout out to you, Trayvon, if you're listening. Let's make it happen this week. Let's get that kick return. But some other notes and stuff that I have from the press conference that I was in on Friday, Lance DeVoe suffered an injury in practice and he will not be available this week. That's something that Coach Hammock said will kind of be week to week. Hopefully Lance will be able to get back out on the field for the Huskies. But one thing we kind of talked about on the post game last week was the ability for Deverne Rainier to step in and play a quality game. I believe he had either five or seven tackles and a TFL sprinkled in there. It's another guy that's a freshman. One thing that Coach Hammock talked about as well in the press conference is the ability, like he, he was so excited, even though he lost, to see how well those six freshmen did on that defense. And he just is proud of the way that they're growing week in and week out. And, you know, moving into this matchup, going into a guy like Caleb Hundley, who's 5'11", 220, is kind of a load. He did say that they need to make sure that they gang tackle this week as well. Yeah, Huntley is a great running back. He's someone that I've seen. I have a personal connection with someone that played at Ball State. So seeing them for week in and week out for the last two, three seasons, seeing Caleb Huntley be a guy who can be a dangerous guy. We saw him come to Notre Dame, what, last season, I believe. And, you know, they played a, a really good game against a, a really good Notre Dame defense. So uh, that is a guy that NIU's defense will have to rally and get, you know, many heads on the football. So I, I agree with that statement. And I like where, uh, where Coach Hammock is at with that. The Lance DeVoe injury is obviously something that we, and I was glad that we got clarity on too, because, you know, it was kind of a weird thing not seeing him on the depth chart come last Wednesday before the game. So good to see a little clarity on that. We hope to get him back out on the field soon and hope that he uh, heals quick. Yeah, he played a phenomenal game against Buffalo, was all over the field, and one of the leaders on that defense. Another injury note as well. Uh, Jordan Cole, for, for many of you that watched the game against Central Michigan, had a very severe injury. He was carted off the field. I don't have a full update on him, but Coach Hammock said that he is in good spirits following the injury. So it's great to see a young linebacker, someone with a lot of promise on this team, in good spirits after such a, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. It's, it's not game-changing, but such a devastating injury, too. And yeah, such a, in a season like this, yeah. I mean, he won't be back till next season for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. The shortened season doesn't help that. But, you know, it, it's tough. I think that anytime you lose a player and anytime that, you know, that situation or that scene is is occurring where the card is out or the, you know, any time a player is needed to, you know, be wheeled off is, is pretty scary, especially at uh, at the college level. You, you don't like to see that. But hearing that he's in good spirits is obviously a, a good sign. And 
you hope to get him back next season and hope that he's doing well as well. Yeah, and it's that next man in mentality. It's something that we've heard from Coach Hammock and he's preached in the press conferences and when he was on the podcast. This year, with COVID and with the amount of injuries that have been happening, it's a strange season. So if you haven't noticed, players at the college level and the NFL level have been getting hurt or injured at a higher level than in years past. And it has to do with kind of the the preseason and just the unknown of this year. So got to make sure that you have guys at each level of that team ready to play first string, second string, and third string. We've seen the ability for our, our reserves to come in and play at a high level. I know it's later in the game and, and, and it doesn't really matter at some point, but take, for example, the Andrew hated throw to Dennis Robinson last week. Beautiful pass, beautiful play by Dennis Robinson to track the ball, make the catch. And I mean, in games where we're getting blown out like that, you have to be able to find the positives. I know we were, were somewhat critical of the team last week, but at a certain point, you have to really just look at it and realize that they're young. The defense is going to be a problem. When that defense is all juniors and seniors, they're going to be talking about that NIU defense, how they were talking about the Buffalo defense going into week one. But another thing that we haven't talked about yet, too, is is Ball State has a good quarterback. I mean, Drew Plitt is a quality quarterback, one of the better quarterbacks in the back. So in or on the reverse end of the spectrum, you know, we can we can hit them with both our running game and passing game. They are both equally as equipped to do the same to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this is where it comes back to what you talked about earlier. This defense is capable of stopping any offense. It's just if the offense is able to complement the defense and now you can win it. And now you can win any football game. If if our offense is able to complement and get points on the board and our defense isn't, you know, holding teams for three quarters and, and with their backs against the wall, things like that, this team can win. And I think you're going to see that come Wednesday night against Ball State where this defense stands up. This defense stops a really good running back in Caleb Huntley. And like you said, Drew Plitt is a good quarterback. 541 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions on the season so far. He is a guy, like you said, this NIU pass rush can get to him. Secondary can make plays. It's going to be all NIU on Wednesday night. It's just a matter of if that young group and if they can mesh well on Wednesday night, they're going to win this game. And that brings me up to something that you talked about as well, the depth and the next man in mentality. That's something we've talked about since the summer, since the off season, since week one, or before week one, we've talked about how young this team is and how much depth this team has. And I think that really this is the best six games, whether you win them or lose them for next season to see who you have and what kind of team you have going forward. And that's, we're seeing that, two weeks into the season. Yeah, and you got to be able to take the positives with the negatives. I mean, right now, there's probably not too much of an opportunity for them to win the MAC, but they still have an opportunity to at least go 500 on the year. And I think with the way that the bowl games are set up, as long as the team is competitive, and Coach Hammock and Sean Frazier feel they're in a position to at least play a competitive bowl game, and they can go three and three or something like that. I'd love to see it. But right now, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's one and oh every week. They got Ball State this week in, in Muncie. They're two touchdown underdogs. And I mean, it's going to be the theme of the season. I don't think that the Huskies will go into any game favorites this year, maybe the Eastern Michigan game. But 
we're the underdogs. The hungry dog runs faster, as, as we like to say over here, Ethan. And I just feel a little too optimistic about this game. And I know we've called for dubs on both of the first two games this season. We'll get our updated uh, our action uh, records for our win-loss on our game predictions. Thank God Ethan and I aren't like the NFL Network and ESPN, where we'll just all pick one team and they lose. Like, I don't know if you guys pay attention to those type of graphics. Saw it on Thursday night football. Saw it on Sunday night football. See it sometimes in college. I saw it this weekend with the Wake Forest North Carolina game. So glad we're not that bad at picking games. But I just, uh, I don't know. Ball State has played some very questionable football, especially in key points. Like down the stretch, that Miami game, they threw a very ugly pick. And they just let Eastern Michigan hang. All game, they were trailing for a majority of that game last week. I know we were keeping an eye on it in the press box, obviously knowing it's it's our opponent the next week. So I think we could get a case, and I'm going to knock on wood, we could get a case of Ball State overlooking this NIU team. And I know that's crazy to say in a rivalry game, but a lot of people have written this NIU team off based upon margin of victory in their losses or some of the stuff that's happened. Like you said, if Ross can find a way to get this offense cooking or or if we decide to go back to, to 2019 or 18 NIU and we go run heavy and we just PTR, we pound the rock, as they say, I don't know. Anything can happen. And they just they keep it close all first half. We need to be able to find a way to score a point, just a point. That's low standards. We have low standards. Find a way to score a point in the third quarter. Ugh. Find a way to score some points. In the third quarter, no turnovers, and let's hold our opponent to a touchdown or less in the third quarter. That has what has killed us all season. we got to find a way to figure that quarter out. I don't think your take is crazy at all. I don't think that Ball State overlooking this team is crazy to think at all. I don't think that the rivalry game has any aspect to it. I truly think that there could be a chance Ball State is overlooking this NIU football team and looking ahead to next week and I really think that this is an opportunity for NIU. I love that point. I love that point by you. And I think that really, yeah, Ball State, if they overlook this NIU team and go into Toledo, if they're looking ahead into that Toledo matchup, I do think NIU wins this football game. Yeah, and as we saw last week, Toledo can't look 10 seconds ahead. They blew a 10-point lead with a minute and a half left to Western Michigan. So if we started, no, I'm just saying that was wild with the, uh, and the Mac. The match yeah. has been wild. We started it with the onside kick, and we got a fake spike, and we're only two games in. Yeah, no, and we uh, we were sitting there in the press conference after the game, like, trying to stay quiet because, I mean, that's just such exciting football. I, I don't know who made that play call, whether it was the head coach or the offensive coordinator, but to call a fake spike in that spot, hats off to Western Michigan for getting it done. And it was the kicker, I believe, who recovered the onside kick. So, yeah, don't ever count your chickens before they hatch in the MAC. Uh, Jason Candle, hate to see that for them. Toledo was looking at a 2-0 record. Now they're 1-1, and they're going to begin Ball State, too. So, I mean, they're going to have another quality matchup next week. One thing I do want to talk about, not a good thing, not something we want to see in our conference, but the Miami of Ohio game, and actually they're referred to as the University of Miami. Now that's what they were referred to in the uh, press release and heard it on radio and some podcasts. And the University of Ohio game, that's a game that is not going to be played. That game got canceled. And now that I sit back and I'm thinking about it, it's the first one in the MAC 
And outside of the Big Ten, I haven't heard any games that have been canceled for this upcoming week. But obviously, it's a little different because we play on Wednesdays. So Yeah, we saw a lot Saturday. I, I don't remember the exact number from Saturday, but there were a lot of games canceled Saturday because of it. And it's something that is unfortunately probably going to be something that you'll see over the next couple of weeks here. I, things are surging again, and it's unfortunate. We've been able to to keep our guys healthy, and that's obviously hands down the number one priority is making sure that they're healthy. And we make sure to shout out our medical team here at NIU every time that we get the opportunity to, and really just shout out to them because they are the ones that are keeping football around here. You know, I was coming back from work this morning. The softball team was working out this morning. So really just shout out to all of the medical personnel that work here and just keeping sure that making sure that our athletes are safe and they can uh, keep playing their sports. Yeah, and you got to remember, a lot of those people in those positions are are guys and girls like us. They're students, grad students, people uh, looking for their opportunity in their field. And, and they're fighting through this pandemic just like the players are, just like the coaches are. And one thing that Coach Hammock did talk about in the press conference on Friday, uh, one of the other reporters asked about uh, COVID cases. Obviously, that's not something that's going to get divulged ever in a press conference or a report. But Coach Hammock did basically echo that same sentiment that you had, saying that the medical staff and the people in place cleaning the, you know, cleaning all the equipment, doing everything for that team, cleaning the facilities, uh, making sure that, you know, the testing is done and all that stuff that is just we would have looked at if we talked about in the 2019 season would be like, Oh my God, like I would never expect a football season to be able to get through all of that. It kind of reminds me of like space jam when, when they're like quarantine type thing happened in space jam and they were all freaking out college football, the NFL have done a phenomenal job, but like you said, hats off to our NIU, you know, our health officials and the people that are in charge of making sure that our players are safe. And one thing that we talked about too at the beginning of the season, Coach Hammock has really talked about trying to to make their own type of bubble. So the players are away from everybody else. For those of you that don't know, when we go to the games for the media, you know, obligations that we have to the team, we're in the press box and the photographers are actually stationed on the, uh, I don't know exactly, I'm not a I'm not a math guy and I'm not a direction guy, but they are stationed in the opposite stands of the, the press box and I believe sometimes are able to go a little bit closer to the field level. But the only people allowed on that field are players. Ethan, I don't know what the word is that they use, but the remember the the type of personnel that you were going to be considered if you if you got that Bears water boy gig, like I yeah, forgot. Essential game day. Essential. essential. Uh, oh my god, how did I forget? Personnel. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the, the essential. Yeah. So the only people on that field are the players, the coaches, and the essential game day staff. And then too, like we've seen that certain teams are holding back on celebrations. Certain teams aren't doing handshakes or the handshake line after the game. So there's a lot of precaution going in to playing this season. And one thing that us as NIU fans have to commend the team on is we have to be able to be thankful that we have gotten through two weeks of football. Knock on wood, let's get through three. And let's just get the the six-game schedule that we were promised done. Let's earn the privilege to play every Wednesday or Saturday. 
And let's find a way to beat Ball State and bring that stock back to DeKalb. I think that pretty much wraps it up for today. Ethan, do you have your players of the game picked and your prediction for this week? I do. I think for a score prediction, I'm going to go low scoring. I, I think that I've, <laughs> we called it last week and look what happened. But I think that this is really going to be a case of today. Ethan's going crazy with the hot takes. Hey, it's been a crazy week. And it's, it's only, what, Monday. But, hey, whatever. NIU wins 24-21. I think John Richardson bangs the game-winning kick in Ball State. NIU celebrates on Ball State's field. Jesus, I am just all over the place with hot takes today. But I'll take that. NIU 24-21. I think Ross Bowers is able to find his way back. I think he's going to put in a good game this week. And he's really just going to take charge of this offense and drive him down the field. And I think that that's really what this offense needs right now is that veteran guy that veteran presence in the huddle each play, making sure that these guys are doing their job and making sure that they're able to get down the field and put points on the board. On the defensive side of the ball, Nick Rattine is a guy who's been making plays week in and week out, and I think he's going to be a guy that will see a lot of tackles in the scoreboard at the end of the day. I think Caleb Huntley, they're going to try and use him a lot, and I think between him and Kyle Pugh. I mean, you're looking at Ball State, Caleb Huntley has over 50 carries in two games. I I believe between like 50 and 60 between two games. So Ball State's going to use him. They're going to rely on him a lot. And, you know, those linebackers, Routine, Pugh, and Rainier, they're going to be needed this week. And I think Nick Routine steps up and he's going to get his name called a lot this week. Going to see it. I believe it's uh, what is it? ESPN News. I believe this weekend. I don't care what station ESPN. Right is. now it's ESPN News, but I think with the cancellation of that game, I think we'll get moved back onto hopefully a regular channel. But I know the reason it was moved this week was because of NBA draft coverage. Keep an eye out on our guys, Lacey James and Eugene German, uh, whether they get picked up in the in the, or, ugh, the NFL draft, whether they get picked up in the NBA draft or they get signed uh, via NBA draft free agency. We wish nothing but the best to those two guys. But great points. I mean, Caleb Huntley has been their workhorse. He has carried the ball a lot for that football team, and they're going to have to get a push up front. I think this week, It kind of goes with your offensive pick, but I'm going to go with Cole Tucker. We kind of saw his – we've seen his targets in in the last two weeks be very high. But for whatever reason, him and Ross have not been able to get on the same page. I know Cole was able to finish the game with about 50 yards receiving last week. I'm going to go out and say it. Cole Tucker, 100-yard receiving game and a touchdown. He's going to find a way to get it done this week. And obviously, someone's got to get him the ball. That's going to be our guy, Ross. It's going to be a, a two a two picker. I'm going to pick two for offense. It's 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 like a it's like a double pick, we'll call it. And Ross is going to have, I'll say, I'm not going to say three because I think we're going to run the ball a lot. But I think Ross is going to throw for 200 yards and two touchdowns this week. And one of them is going to Cole. Cole's going to have 100 yards. You can't forget about our guy Tyrese Ritchie on offense as well. And then, two, don't forget Trayvon Rudolph hanging out in the slot, waiting to make something happen. So offense needs to have the game of the year this week. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to friend of the program, Dylan Thomas. Dylan Thomas has not necessarily had the level of play that he holds himself accountable to the first two weeks. I went back and looked at the film. The touchdown last week against Central Michigan, he actually slipped. And then obviously, uh, I believe he gave up one against Buffalo. They've really been trying to go at Dylan this year. And I think Drew Plitt's going to try the same thing. But to no avail, Dylan Thomas is going to come away with an interception. He's going to have a couple pass breakups and a lot of tackles. I think this, this running game 
although they do like to run it between the tackles a lot. I like I have seen Caleb Huntley try to bounce stuff outside a lot. And Dylan Thomas is one of the most surefire tackles on that defense at the corner position. So I feel Dylan Thomas on the defensive side of the ball is someone that we need to have a great game in order for us to win. And for my prediction, I'm going to say 28-24 NIU. But to one-up your prediction, if Ethan's prediction is correct, John Richardson, we need the Selly of a lifetime. We're spamming it to Pat McAfee. We're spamming the for the brand. If you get a walk-off kick, we need a legendary celebration. Oh, like, give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah, and I mean, like we talked about earlier in the episode, it's a guy that we've seen in, in warm-ups be good from 50 or 60. This is a, a week and a, and a matchup that we need to be able to take points every time we're out there on the field. But I just feel like I'm, I'm too optimistic. I I know we've called for wins the last two weeks. We'll get our uh, our Mac Pick'em predictions out uh, tomorrow because there are Mac games tomorrow. This will be, I guess you would say, not do or die week, but I think I'm starting to to gain a couple games on you, Ethan, and we're running out of time. We are. We are. I think last week we picked uh, pretty close to the same games except for one, I believe. I'm not really sure. I'd have to go back and look at it. But Yeah, I think uh, I for, for the first two weeks we've had like one me versus you game, and I'm 2-0 and oh in those games, so let's go. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty, much the, that's pretty much the deciding factor is those two games. So uh, we do. We're running out of time. Three Three weeks left after Wednesday. I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedule yet. Are we all Wednesday this week, or do we have something tomorrow? So we have we have a couple games tomorrow night and then two games on Wednesday. Did we come up with the wager for this? Or are we doing a full week of uh, the dishes and 20 bucks? I feel like that's pretty fair. Yeah, I don't know if I can, you know, do that responsibly. I'll bet, uh, I'll bet the uh, the dishes. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, let me take a look here while we're on the uh, on the topic. Buffalo against Bowling Green, I think that that's easily a Buffalo win. I think we can kind of both agree on that one. Yeah, that's Buffalo uh, by a gazillion. With, same with Kent State over Akron. I think that we uh, will both go Kent State on that. You read that. Um, we both chose NIU. Toledo Eastern. Just Michigan. get that straight. Hold on. We're not not choosing NIU any game this season. Is that, well, yeah, yeah. I think that's <laughs> just going to be whatever record NIU is with, in terms of them at that point. So whatever um, amount of losses NIU has at the end of the year, you can throw those losses at our win-loss total on our pick them. <laughs> essentially, essentially. I think Toledo-Eastern Michigan is interesting, but I think Toledo just has too much, and I'll take them over Eastern Michigan. And I think, I think this is the pick uh, Yep, this is the pick em game, the, the battle of the Michigan Central versus Western. We saw Central Michigan last week, but... I don't know, man. I think yeah, Western, Western Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. Western it, That one's tough. That one's tough. I think I'm going to go with Western Michigan as the underdog. All right, I'll go. I'll go Western as well. Because honestly, I I like Central Michigan, but Western Michigan, you just can't count them out. They have, I think the guy's name is Dwayne Eskridge. He's one of their receivers. I'd have to double check. I know his last name is Eskridge for sure. The guy has. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's. Tyreek Hill speed. Uh, Caleb Ellaby is their young quarterback. We talked a, a little bit about him on the uh, the preview episode, but that is actually outside of our game, the one game that I'm most excited to watch this week in the MAC. And then, too, like that Miami and Ohio game 
or Miami of Ohio versus the University of Ohio game was going to be another quality matchup. But I think that's all she wrote for today. I, I know it's been tough these first two weeks. We do appreciate everyone for listening, for sticking with us through this time. We're working on the coverage. We're working on on uh, getting getting things out quicker to you guys and, and making sure that although we're not doing the best on the field this season, we're going to keep the coverage interesting for you guys off the season. And then, two, our basketball coverage is going to start this week as we were invited to uh, the men's and women's basketball press conference on Friday. So we will start to try and work in the basketball coverage. I cannot guarantee that we're going to be able to do a pregame and postgame podcast for basketball. We are students. We do both work. We have a lot of football to cover, but we will try to get as much coverage. We'll try to talk about it on almost every episode once the season starts. And we'll just keep you guys in tune with what's going on with uh, with NIU Athletics. Ethan, do you have any wrap-up thoughts here for the listeners before uh, this huge, this monumental matchup on Wednesday against Ball State? Want to know each week. We talk about it almost every week. This team is capable of going to Muncie and beating Ball State. Ball State could be looking overlooking this football team, and I think that the heart and the determination and the hard way factor that this NIU football team will bring to Muncie will shine on Wednesday night, and I think NIU is going to walk out victorious. Hey, you couldn't have put it any better. I do feel, like I said, extremely optimistic about this game. Our back is up against the wall. The guys got to go out there and take care of business. Starts up front with the offensive and defensive line. And we need Ross Bowers. We need we need the uh, the stamp of approval game. We need that nice, no turnover game, couple touchdowns, able to move the rock. We need to be able to play complimentary football. And the, and, and the O-line needs to hold up for the running game, not just the pass pro. So let's see if we can put together a full four quarters of football on Wednesday. But again, we thank you for tuning in. This was Huskies on Tap, presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet and now presented to you by Manscaped as well. So if you haven't already, go ahead and check out what Manscaped has to offer. Use the promo code ONTAP for 20% off and free shipping on all of your orders. And go Huskies. Yeah. I got drinks on living lavish. In the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks on living lavish. In the kitchen whipping magic. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with the They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in hard.